You hear me? Keep your eye on things that are happening right now in the Middle East. I was told, I've been reading, that they're going to try to reveal a peace plan in around the Jewish holidays of Rosh Hashanah. Something to keep your eye on right there. You know, uh, Jared Kushner, who is a Jew, by the way. And by the way, the, his office number in New York City, he's got a building there, 666 is the number of it. Something to look at. Something to keep your eyes on. It's something that's her eyes awakening. If we're seeing prelude to all of this, we know the rapture of the church is imminent. It is more imminent now than probably any of us realize. If we're seeing preludes to all these floods and volcanic eruptions we see happening not just in one spot, in earthquakes, by the way, Israel's being rocked with a series of earthquakes, and they're shooting into Israel right now. God, the Hamas and all that, and there's probably, it's getting ready somewhere along the way. The trigger's going to be, the fuse is going to just explode. But let me tell you, if we're seeing all of those things, we better understand who's knocking at the door. Because these are the, what we call birth pains. If we're seeing these signs of Matthew 24, we know that if that's right here, we're seeing the prelude to that. There's something even closer. It's called the catching away of the saints. And let me tell you before I start preaching, man, I feel good now. I feel the best that I've felt in years. <laughs> so I preach longer and I'm going to preach louder. You hear me. I'm, by, by the way, I, for y'all want to know, I'm back on the regular Mountain Dew now. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a good thing. So listen what I'm telling you. If we're seeing all these things, we know that he's a coming. You see, here's the thing. Half the church don't believe in the rapture of the church no more. But if you, go, if you deny the rapture, you deny the resurrection. Because they're all in the same thing. And we know that it's going to happen. Did you hear me? In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, in an hour we think not, it's going to happen. But I want to turn your attention this morning. I, I just wanted to get that out of the way. I, to, I want to turn your attention to Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 18. I'm going to preach a message this morning on belly worshipers. Belly worshipers. Can I tell you this morning that people are not looking for the coming of the Lord? Can I tell you this morning people are self-serving, living their own life, their own ambitions, and not thinking that Jesus could come at any moment. Hello. Hello. We better get to the point living like he could come at any moment. Amen. I look forward to the day that he could come. Amen. I look forward to the day that a trump of God blows through. But I'm telling you, we got too many belly worshipers this morning that are the enemies of the cross. Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse 18. For many walk of whom I have told you often, and they'll tell you even weeping, uh, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, uh, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, uh, and whose glory is in their shame, uh, who mind the earthly things. Uh, for our conversation is in heaven, uh, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like 
like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. But I want to take verse 19, right, 18 and 19 there. Read that again. For many walk, uh, of whom I told you often, and they'll tell you even weeping. Paul was weeping over their conditions, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Whose end is destruction? Whose God is their belly? Did you get that? Uh, and whose glory is in their shame? Uh, who mind earthly things? In the first part, for our conversation in verse 20, is in heaven. I want to speak to you this morning on belly worshipers. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, Lord, and we lift you up, dear God, and we praise you, dear Lord. Uh, and we just exalt you this morning, Lord, and we give you glory. I ask for your anointing, and I ask for your touch in here. I, I ask for you to just have your way, dear God. Uh, Lord, today I pray, God, uh, for you to just move, Lord, upon me, Lord, and touch me, dear God, uh, and give me the words you would have me to speak, O oh Lord. Uh, Father, we praise you, dear God, Lord, and we give you the glory, dear God, the praise and the honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Uh, give him some praise in here this morning. Amen. One more time, give him some praise in here. Let me tell you, Rachel Carson in the sea around us described the microscope plant in the life of the sea that provides food for the smallest creatures. Said these little plants drift thousands of miles wherever the current takes them. They have no power or will on their own to direct their destiny. They are called plankton, a Greek word which means wandering or drifting. Plankton is an accurate term to describe the aimless life uh, of many people in our century and throughout the world today. Uh, people who have lost the sense of direction, who are powerless to direct their own destiny and who wander through life without purpose. Uh, these people are subject to the shifting uh, of the wind on every fad. Uh, they struggle to find purpose uh, for their lives. E they look for it either in pleasure, in movements or in some kind of mind control efforts. Uh, can I tell you today, uh, there's only one way you can have purpose for your life, uh, and it is through Jesus Christ this morning. Uh, but yet there are thousands in this world uh, who are looking for purpose, uh, who are looking for direction uh, in this world today. Uh, but I want you to know uh, that when you start looking to this world and you start residing on the things of this world and you start uh, hungering for the things of this world, Paul tells us right here, uh, those that are looking, uh, that are drawn to this world, uh, that has their heart fixed towards this world, uh, he calls them uh, the enemies of the cross. Uh, what does it mean to be an enemy? Uh, it means to be against something. Uh, it means to fight against something. Uh, it means to be in opposition uh, to something or someone. Uh, how many know today uh, that if you're not born again, if you're not bought with the blood of Jesus Christ uh, that automatically makes you an enemy of the cross. Amen? Uh, if you're fixed towards this world, uh, that makes you an enemy uh, of the cross this morning. Amen? Uh, people say I don't serve either one. Well, I got news for you this morning. If you're not serving Jesus Christ uh, by default, uh, you're his enemy this morning. Amen? Uh, you see that people say well, I'm not an enemy of the cross. Uh, well, you, yes, you are. Uh, and I'm not 
not talking about just the wooden beam. I'm talking about they are enemies of Jesus Christ and himself. Anybody looked at the condition of the world today? Has anybody seen the things they fight against? The morality in this society makes, the, if you look at the morality, you look for the things that people stand for this morning. You look at people's attitudes. You look at people's, the way they drift to the things of the world. It tells you uh, that there are enemies of the cross out there. I, I'm telling you this. I've seen this on Facebook. It's been a few years and I've just seen it pop back up again where a young lady at one of the, when Trump, when they had that rally right after Donald Trump took office, uh, there was a one, couple of women that had a sign. If Mary would have had an abortion, we wouldn't have been in this mess right now. Huh? Let me tell you, that made me cringe. Can I tell you? That shows you the attitude of society. That shows you where people are standing at as enemies of the cross. They're standing in opposition to everything that Jesus stands for. Amen? They stand in opposition to life. How many know this morning that the birth of an unborn child is still a child in the mother's womb this morning. Amen. You didn't. I like what somebody said. You didn't. You didn't have just an abortion. That abortion made you the mother of a dead child. Right there, they stand in opposition, calling it a woman's right. Can I tell you, it's not a woman's right. What about the child? Of, what about the life and the right of that innocent baby? who cannot defend herself, who has no choice in the matter. Can I tell you the world or government are standing in opposition to the to Christ. How about this on same-sex marriage? They have polluted the meaning of marriage. How many know God started it out as one man and one woman? They wasn't two, it wasn't Adam and Steve. It was Adam and Eve this morning. The world is standing in opposition to the things of God. We've got enemies of the cross that are fighting like we've never seen before. But I'm telling you this morning I'm not focused on this world but my conversation your conversation needs to be in heaven amen we got these enemies of the crosses that are plaguing to the things of this world Think about the Bible tells us uh, that one can be an enemy of God this morning. Uh, how many know you can be the enemy of God? Uh, I'm telling you, I may get on some people's bad list, uh, but I don't want to be on the enemy of uh, God this morning. Amen? I don't want God fighting against me. Uh, I don't want God coming against me. Amen? But can I tell you, the Bible is clear uh, that you can become an enemy of God. Uh, and can I tell you, when you become an enemy of God, his wrath abided upon you. When you become an enemy of God, let me just go ahead and just tell you, you're fighting a losing battle. When you got to become the enemy of God, all the resources of heaven are against you. Amen? What does the Bible tell us? In James 4 and 4, he said, You adulterous and adulteresses, know you not that the friendship of the world is the enemy of God, and whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Well, let me tell you what. 
what James is talking to a little bit right here. How many know those that ain't supposed to be born, who's born again, is not uh, married to the world? Uh, that the very moment we become born again, guess what happens? Uh, we become a child of God. Uh, we become married uh, to the Lamb of God. We become the bride uh, of Christ, if you will. Uh, but notice those words uh, that James uses right there. Notice those words the Holy Spirit puts right there. He puts the word adulterous and adulteress. That tells me they had to be running around on the bride. What is he getting at? He's saying to try to run around with the world and try to have Christ. They want to flirt and commit. They want to have what anybody ever heard of something called spiritual adultery. Adultery? What is spiritual adultery? It's when you're supposed to know Christ, but you're walking hand to trying to sleep around and trying to run around with the devil at the same time. How many know this morning you can't walk with the hand in hand with the devil and be married to Christ at the same time? Because what James said right there, he calls them some strong words. He calls them some adulteresses and adulteresses. What is he getting at? He's saying you can't have it both ways. When you try to play your side of the fence, that automatically makes you an enemy of the cross. It makes you an enemy of God. Hello, I'm preaching better than you shout. People don't get it. You can, it, it, oh, we think just because we sit on church pews, that gives us a license. Oh, just because we think we're under grace, that gives us a license to sin. How many knows God, Paul said they thought that in Rome when he wrote the book of Romans? He they thought that shall, we're under grace and we shall live in sin. Paul said, God forbid that you continue to live in sin. Not! What that does is when you think it's all right to walk hand in hand with the devil and think everything's going to be all right, you set yourself up to become the enemy of God. You set yourself up to fight against God, if you will. People glory, like Paul said right here in Philippians. They glory in their shame this morning. They take pride in the wickedness of what they do. They take pride in their ungodliness. Anybody ever watch someone? Oh, I get disturbed every month, every year in June. Well, I get disturbed every day. Some people say I'm an angry person. I'm angry over sin. Hello, if you ain't something's wrong, you don't get mad what they're doing, but it makes me madder than a rattlesnake. Thank God we had a president up there. It wasn't like the rain, White House up rainbow. They take the sign of God and pollute it. Hello, let me tell you, the rainbow is not a sign of homosexual pride. It was a sign of God's covenant with Noah. But they take that and call it pride every June. Well, let me tell you, that's what it means taking. That's what it means. They glory in their shame, if you will. Hello, I'm not just picking on them. I hear people talking about, oh, look what, how many women or men or whatever I've been with Look how much I've drunk. Look what I, all I've done. Look how many drugs I'm taking. People take shame in 
They take pride in their shame. They glory in their shame, if you will. Can you remember a time where people, you know, they didn't, years ago, look how it's come out. The world's coming out of the closet in glory. While us Christians are going into it, let me tell you, it's time we take glory in God this morning. It's time we take glory in Jesus Christ this morning. It's time we take uh, glory in Christ and let the world know uh, I'm a servant of Jehovah God, the true and living God. They take shame, glory in their shame. And sadly, what James talked about what would go on is these people, these are the ones that were married to Christ, would begin to run around with him, with the world. How many know what happens when you begin to run around with the world? They begin to hang and they begin to enjoy the fellowship of the world. And they become guilty of spiritual idolatry. That's what happened. Can I tell you, when you begin to hang with the world, you hear what I'm about to tell you, you're going to act like them. You're going to start looking like them. And you're going to start smelling and stinking like them. How many knows the world stinks? Hello? It stinks worse than rotten produce or, or spoiled meat, if you will. The world stinks worse than dead animals laying around. We got a lot of, I still uh, was talking the other day, I said, I've seen, this place has got more deers than anywhere I've seen except for Cage Cove, which is in a national park. And you could go out and see them hundreds by hundreds in a pack at a time. But I said, up here, just in the loose, I, there's more deer up here than anywhere of you know. How many know when you get them laying on the road and they've been hit? It don't take long. Boy, they're going to start stinking. Amen. Amen. How many know when you start looking like the world, hanging with the world, you're going to start acting like them. You're going to start being influenced by them. There's that word I preached on again, influenced by them. For long, whoo, you can say, well, what, some, it ain't going to be long. People going to be saying, shoo we on you. Hello, shoo. That's what they used to have down south. I don't know if they say it up here when something stinks. But there's a southern word, a hillbilly word called shoo. Anybody ever heard that word before? Amen. That's a southern dialect right there if you don't know it. I can give you some southern dialect if you want me to. There's some down there. Don't call them bananas. We call them nanners. Amen. I'm serious. It's the southern dialect of the southern Appalachians. But in the words of that southern dialect, Shoo! You begin to stink. You know what people say? Here's their excuses. Well, if I go hang with them, I can influence them. I can win them to Christ. Hello, you don't know what you're talking about. Hello, I'm just going to tell you, you're not going to influence them. They're going to influence you. And second of all, that wasn't a biblical formula for it. Hello, you want me to tell you how you influence the world? You stand out and you be set apart and let your light shine. But Jesus said with sinners, 
Well, he didn't make no close relationship. He went into Matthew's house for a purpose. He was calling Matthew. He was going to get the tax collector that day, if you will, make him a disciple. Amen. But Jesus made it. You'll look. His inner circle wasn't those that was of the world. He had 12 that he had with him. I know one betrayed him, but let's go with the 11. He had 11 that walked with him fully. Amen. He had 11 that he hung with. 11, we know Judas betrayed him, but what are you saying? I'm telling you right now too many times, we think if we hang with them, we're going to influence them. Oh, if we get with the world's crowd, and that we guess what? You ain't going to influence them. They're going to influence you. They're going to drag you down. They're going to come against you. Can I tell you, everyone I've seen do something like that, get involved with the world, it wasn't long till they were back in the world. They were stinking, they were decaying they were looking like the world dressing like the world, talking like the world and stinking like the world hello and we say we need to get involved, I know we're not isolated, hello the Bible don't teach isolation but it does teach separation oh but we we want to influence them oh can I preach here for a little bit we got them now. We got churches that says we're going to act like the world. We're going to look like the world. Well, we can win them in. I got a question. Why does the world want something they already got? They need something they ain't got. They need to see something in you they don't have. Hello? Enemies of the cross. Enemies of the work of Christ. Belly worshipers. If you will, let me tell you the reason people get into the world. It ain't to really influence them. They're really, their heart's fixed there. They use that for an excuse where they can go do whatever they want. They can, well, we're doing this for Christ the whole time. Well, they're saying in their heart, they really enjoy it. Amen? Hello, I've never wanted to go to a bar with somebody after being saved. Anybody know what I'm saying? Hello, I never wanted to go and get smoked up and get doped up, whatever you want to call it with somebody. What I found out the very moment I really had an encounter with Jesus, those people of the world didn't really want nothing to do with me. Hello, when you really have an encounter with Jesus, your family ain't going to want nothing to do with you most of the time. When you have an encounter with Jesus and you're really serious with Jesus, those that hung with you, they ain't going to at one time, ain't going to really want to have nothing different to do with you. Hey man, anybody know what I'm saying this morning? Anybody get what I'm saying? The problem is we want people want to glory in their shame and live with the world. They're enemies of the cross, belly worshipers if you will. Oh, my Lord, this is the last day. There are some people. You just want to grab a hold of. I'm tempted. I'm tempted to grab a hold of you. Give an example. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Have you ever just wanted to get somebody and just shake them? As a preacher, there's been times... 
I've been more, I wanted to come out of the pulpit, wanted to get down here, and I just wanted to grab them by the collars. I'm talking to you. Wake up. Hello, don't tell me you ain't been there either. Don't you get what I'm telling you? Because we're coming to the end of this thing. You know what Jesus said the last condition is? I'm going to pre- preach a little bit on this tonight. Laodicea. I ain't going to use Laodicea as a text. But there was something they said. They said we have all the silver and gold, but they was missing one thing. They were missing the power of God. I don't care how much silver and gold you got. I don't care how much money you got. If you don't have the power of God in your church, you ain't got nothing there. Amen. 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 What are you getting at this last day? He said, would be Laodicea. Lukewarm. Cold and hot. How many know what cold and hot mix? Lukewarm, it's not it. Amen. Amen. What he was saying is they'll try to mix the two. The last day, he was saying they'll be living, coming in there and living, but there ain't gonna be no power in them. His prayer, he's gonna be standing outside. He said, They make me sick to my stomach. That's the words of the Lord, right there. Because let me tell you what was going on, what's happened because they was mixing the two, they were glory and the shame, if you will. They were enemies of the cross. Hello, we, I was reading something last night where they invited a man to come to a conference. And they said, we don't want you preaching on repentance or holiness here. He said, well, will you promise not to preach? He said, no, I'm going to preach it. <laughs> Amen. He, they, this conference said, this, I can't remember what the name of it was, said, if you know you could increase your popularity, you can have people would accept you more if you wouldn't preach it. He said, I'm not looking for the approval of people. I'm looking for the approval of God. Amen. People may not want to hear it, but it's the message for this hour. Amen. Let me tell you. What, let me tell you. People say, oh, we got to get it. We've got to hang with the world. We got to live with the world. We got to, you know, just be with them to influence wrong. That is not the biblical pattern. First of all, Paul said, be not unequally yoked. And who told Paul to write those words? It was the Holy Ghost. He also said, and I'm going to quote it here in a minute, wherefore come out and be ye separate and touch not the unclean thing. See, let me tell you, God's way is to be separate. You want to influence them? Let them know something else is going on down here. Let them know this is a place where we are a little different. Hello. (laughs) Anybody think I'm a little different? See, I'm most different than most preachers. Just call me preacher or Jimmy. I ain't worried about a title. I'm different. It's what God wants us. See, I'm not one of those preachers. Hello. How are you doing? I'm one of those preachers that like to jump a little bit. I'm one of those preachers like I like to be like John the Baptist. Amen. Amen. Most times, most churches wouldn't leave John the Baptist to come in there. I want to be like Paul. Hey, this is God's way, separation. 
stand it out. See, God never, he never taught, like I said, he didn't teach isolation. But he did teach separation. There's no way we can avoid them. But we don't have to fit in. Because if you really truly fit in with the world, you're nothing more than an enemy of the cross. You fit in with the world's crowd. You're an enemy of the cross. And you're nothing more than a belly worshiper. See, what these belly worshipers want in this last day, they want a different Jesus. Lord have mercy, I got two more pages of notes. This may be two hours this morning. See, they don't want, a, they want a Jesus that don't require anything. You know what they want a Jesus? They want a Jesus that will allow anything. They want a Jesus that says, do as you will and pats you on the back. They want a Jesus that does not convict them. They want a Jesus that does not disturb them. Hello? They want a Jesus that don't require holiness. They want a Jesus that don't require right living. They want a Jesus that says you can live like hell. But can I tell you, that is not the Jesus of the Bible. And if it's not the Jesus of the Bible, then it's not the real Jesus, but it's the spirit of Antichrist. What they really want is the Antichrist. Hello. He's the man of sin. That spirit is growing stronger. That spirit's always been around, but it's growing stronger and stronger by today. The man of sin to tell him, do what you want just to serve me. Hello? That antichrist spirit's taking a hold of them. They don't want the Jesus of the Bible. Oh, they'll tell you, ah, we don't believe that. I told them the other night, people in Bible study, I believe, people don't mind hearing Jesus that walked on this earth. People probably won't deny he walked. People won't probably deny he went to a cross and died. But what they have a problem with that he come out on the third day and he's alive. What they have a problem with, admitting he was God in the flesh. What they have a problem with, admitting they're going to have to bow to him. Amen? And they're going to have to answer to him. I don't care who they are. They may not believe it. They may not want to heed it. But let me tell you, the Bible says every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess he is Lord. What people want is the Antichrist. In the book of Galatians, chapter 1, verses 8 and 9, the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to say this, But though we or another angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you that we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. That word accursed means let him be damned. That's exactly what that word means. As we said before, so I know again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than you have received, let him be accursed. Twice Paul said, they come, if it's another angel from heaven or whoever it is, they come preaching you another gospel other than Jesus Christ and him crucified, you, let, you don't be, pay them to attention. Let them be, if you listen to that, you're going to be damned. That's what he was getting at. But you know, we are in a day now where they want to throw the apostle of Paul out of the Bible. They want to rip his teachings 
in his writings out of the word of God. But I'm telling you what the problem is today is they want to worship their belly as their God. Verse 19 says, whose end is destruction? We'll get there in a minute. Whose God is their belly? And whose glory is their shame? Who mind earthly things? You want me to tell you what he was saying? They mind nothing but their appetite is for the central things, sensational things. It's all about pleasing their self. It's all about fulfilling the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye and the pride of life. You hear me? That's what it's about. Can I preach? Hello? If you need your toes out here, come on, put your shins out. We'll kick you on too. That's what it's about. Feed us up. I tell you, let me tell you, I'm going to hit this again. You can tell anybody, when I say this, I'll back it up by the word of God. God does not fulfill the lust of your flesh. He will allow things to come because you want it so bad. I've seen it happen many times again. God will turn them over to what they want. Anybody believe that? You're burning with that pack hill. Romans 1 tells us he'll turn them over. Yes, I know God gives us the desires of our heart. But there's a difference in the desires of our heart than the lust of our flesh. How many know what he gives us is going to line up with his word? It ain't going to draw us from him, but it's going to take us to him. Can I, can I tell you something? Satan knows how to bless. Amen? Satan offered Jesus the world. What are you saying? Satan will give you what you want to, and God will allow him to do it because that's where your heart's at to begin with. It's more fixing him. What are you saying? Satan's going to present that thing that will draw you away from him. You better ask yourself. Things, some, look, I'm about to say something strong. Can I say this? Things that may look like from God may not be of God. I've seen it time and time again. People will get a little blessing. First thing they do is out the door. It takes them away, and you got to say, and I have to think to myself, God ain't behind that. He didn't give it to them. He allowed it to come their way because he knew that's where their heart was at. You want it, he ain't going to stop you from having it. If that's what you want, you can have it. He can deal with you, but he's going to present it to see who you want. Satan will bring it there to draw you away. Anybody get what I'm saying? God even allowed evil spirits to come on them. He said, if that's what they want to be turned over to, let them have it. Go on. Anybody know what I'm saying? Romans 1 said, God turned them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. That's what they want. They don't want anything to do with him. God said, have what you want. You might get what you want, but lose what you had in the long run. Hello? Too many people want the world. But they're going to lose the most important thing that they have, their soul. I told you before, I'm not worried. There's certain things I'm not worried about. I'm, 
I'm going to tell you, there's certain things I'm not worried about getting in this world. I hear all the time, you need to get married again. No, I ain't really worried about that. <laughs> Did you hear me? I ain't really concerned about that. I'm not. I got Jesus. That's all that matters. Amen. I'm not concerned about getting a name in this world. I'm sorry, but our God didn't call me to be a celebrity. I'm not worried about becoming a celebrity preacher. We got too many that are, but not me. I don't want to be a celebrity. I just want to be <laughs> what he's called me to be. Amen. Too many I see it with preachers want to be celebrities. They'll get what they want but lose what they had. No longer scared to preach the gospel. I'm telling you, I feel good. Amen. People's got their God as their belly. I feel good. Anybody else feel good like jumping? My Lord, it's already 40 minutes almost. They worship their self, their appetite. I'm not, there's certain things I'm not worried about gaining in this world. I'm not looking to this world. My prayer is Jesus come quickly. Hello. Hello. Jesus come quickly. Ready or not, he's a coming. It's a shame when people turn from God under wretched idols. Become the enemies of the cross and begin to worship their bellies. In Romans 16 and 18, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. In verse 17, Paul talked about seducers would come. Paul was saying, mark those who would cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine that which you have learned. He said the whole, pretty much what he was saying, these seducers would come to draw you away from Christ and draw you into the things of the world. Can I tell you, you better stay away from some of these damnable doctrines that are out there. One that says the most damnable doctrine. I like what Donnie Swaggart said the other day. And I agree with this. The mo one of the most damnable doctrines that has sent more people to hell is the doctrine of you can live no matter after you receive the Lord. You can do whatever you want, live however you want, and think everything's going to be all right. Brother Donnie was talking about a, a Baptist preacher had a vision of hell. Years ago, he said he saw this Baptist preacher saw, in hell, saw this vision in hell. Said he seen people trampling over people, looking for the preacher that told them they can do whatever they want and be all right. Hello, I believe that because I'm telling you, the first lie of the Bible was. Do as you want and everything will be. God didn't really say that. And God did say that. How many know the Bible says the soul that sinneth shall dieth? Sin is an offense to God. Amen? Sin is a transgression to God. I know we all fall short of the glory of God. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when your lifestyle isn't habitual living in sin, when your life is dominated by the power of sin and you just don't care. From where, we, where I'm from, where I pastored before. I got to have a little while this morning. It's early. 
It's the reason we start early where the preacher can preach late. <laughs> Amen, especially now he's feeling good. Down there, North Carolina, down there in Robbinsville, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you, I, I've told it before, I told it down there, and I'll tell it here, the reason that city is ble not blessed, the reason it's number one, one of the top places in North Carolina for unemployment, there's no jobs coming in, but most are going out is the way they treated the Holy Ghost. They don't believe in it, most of them down there, just a few, but the more majority, you think it's bad up here, you, this ain't bad compared to what it was down there. They didn't want to listen. They, didn't, they had their ears closed to it. But there was a doctrine that was big down there. That says you could smoke marijuana, drink alcohol, live like hell, run around, beat your wife, do whatever you want to, and if you would still go into heaven. Needless to say, I wasn't too popular with some of the other preachers down there because I stood against it. Amen. Amen, and I'll stand against it here today. Excuse me. You're a, they're an enemy to the cross. Because I tell you, the cross is to set man free. The cross is to break bondage. The cross, didn't, Jesus didn't come to pay the price where you could be still bound up, did he? He come where you could be set free this morning. What did you say? Remember what Jesus said, I'm hurrying. In Matthew 6 and 24, no man can serve two masters, for he either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. In 1 Corinthians 10 and 21, you cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and of the table of devil, devils. Hello, you can't drink from both cups, and you can't eat from both tables. What are you getting at? Belly worshipers. What they are, people like that, are belly worshipers. You know what people are wanting? They want enough of God Jesus. Hello. Oh, it's early. They just want enough. Of, it's only 1035. Hello, you got a little while longer. It's early. You, can I tell you, you ain't been in here but I in five minutes. They want to serve their bellies. You can't eat at both tables. You can't die. You can't shack up with the devil and not expect to pay the rent. And be married to try to be married to Christ at the same time. Hello? Jesus was getting to it. They're nothing more than enemies of the cross. Oh, I love it when they tell me. Oh, we can drink a little bit. You better understand what the word wine means in the Bible. It's got a twofold meaning. Onimus in the Greek. It's the same word if I'm announcing that word. Every time it's used in a good sense, it refers to grape juice or jam or something like that because it means all these things. When it's used in a bad sense, it is always used as something that is fermented. And take it of all. Let me tell you, God, my God, was not a bartender. He don't give you something that will wreck your life and somebody else. He don't give you something that creates bondage. Well, he turned the water into wine. That wasn't nothing more than pure sweet grape juice. And how do you know? 
He saved the best for last. And if anybody knows when you're drunk, you can't taste nothing no more. Hello, you lose your sense of taste. How did they know it was sweet if they were already <laughs> racked up? I'm sorry. It, it, it just don't work like that. They're enemies of the cross. God does not create bondage. He come to set, a, set people free. Amen. He come to where you don't have to be in bondage. Let people try it. The problem is, I call them belly dancers. Anybody ever seen them belly dancers? I'm telling you, they're belly worshipers. They got their golden calf, which is their self, and they're lustful to find, and they're dancing around it. They are earthly minded. They're focused on the things of this world more than they are the things of God. That's where they was at. Listen, he said right there, they mind earthly things. When you're an enemy of the cross, you're more concerned with the th your flesh. You're more concerned with the things down here than you are in your conversation. Be up there. But Paul said, as in verse 20, for our conversation is in heaven. And from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, where our focus ought to be is up there, not here. But he said, these belly worshipers, if you will, all they think about is the here and now. You tell me. You hear me. What I'm about to tell you, you go to a buffet line, they'll be lined up for miles. Why ain't they lined up this morning to be in the house of God? Why ain't they lined up to be in prayer meeting? Why ain't they lined up for the things of God? I'll tell you why. Many are more concerned and it's coming back, this one's coming back in the natural, if you will. But I'm not going to worship that. I'm more concerned with the spiritual aspect. My conversation is here. You want me to tell you what the belly worshipers do? They're focused on here. There's no thought of eternity. There's no thought of it. Their philosophy is like this. I eat. I'm going to drink. I'm going to be merry. I'm going to store up my barns. How many remember the story where Jesus talked about a rich man? He had all the barns he wanted. He said, I'm going to store up more. And I'm going to eat and drink and be merry. I ain't going to take no thought of tomorrow. What did Jesus call him? Jesus said, thy fool, this night thy soul shall be required of him. I didn't call him a fool, but Jesus did. Did you hear me? Jesus said, Tonight, thy fool. Saying his, your actions are foolish. You ain't got, he wasn't thinking this could have been his last night on earth. See, here's the problem mankind's foolish. Hello, I'm just going to give it to you. Their actions are foolish. They're not thinking when in just a heartbeat away they could be in eternity. It's foolish. 
to reject Jesus Christ. Let me go ahead and tell you. The psalm says to back me up a little bit more. In Psalms 14 and 1, I just read this last night. The fool says in his heart there is no God. So let's get that statement into context. Then, when you're trying to act like there ain't no God, the Lord can, considers you like a fool. You're foolish. They're, your actions are foolish. Foolishness to say there ain't no God. It's foolishness to live your life like you got every day on this earth because you don't. But that's exactly what these belly worshipers will do, if you will. Those who are focused on the things of this world, they ain't thinking about eternity. See, man's got this philosophy. You see, they got a philosophy. They, that's their philosophy. Eat, drink, be merry. But let me tell you, that kind of base is based on their thought. But what I'm preaching to you today is based on the Word of God. I'm going to hit a little bit tonight. Don't put your faith in man's wisdom, but put it in the power of God. That's what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5. By the way, it don't matter whether you believe it or not. It don't change the fact that eternity is real. It don't change the fact there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Hello, it don't change the fact either by the rapture or by the grave, we're all going to eternity somewhere. Every man, woman, and child on this earth is going to face eternity somewhere. You say, well, I just don't believe that. Well, I don't care what you believe. Let God be true in every man a liar. I don't care what philosophy says. I don't care what some atheistic pre-scientist says, if you will. Can I tell you, there's a lot of tell you believe that. Yeah, I believe it. I know for a fact he's alive. I know for a fact he changed my life. I know for a fact he's the true and only living God. I know for a fact it ain't based on a philosophy. It's based on a fact. See, let me tell you, belly worship has an ending to it. Here's where we want to go. Those who worship their belly and are focused on the things of this earth, there's going to be an ending. The ending is destruction. What are you saying? End in Greek is telos, and it means there's a conclusion. It means the point, the act of termination. It means to execute fully. Destruction in Greek is apolio, means Ruin, loss, physically, spiritually, or eternal damnation. To perish, to waste, if you will. What he's saying is, who's in, let me get it to you on this level. Who's in is eternal damnation. That's exactly what that word, damnable, right there means. Who's in is for eternal damnation. Damnation. The word destruction right there in Greek, it's got that carries it to eternal damnation. What he was saying, these people who are focused on the earth and living for the things of the earth and their God is their belly. 
Their end is eternal damnation. What are you getting at? And here's the end of it. You may not want to hear it, but there is a place called hell. I remember a little girl down there in North Carolina. You remember little Lexi. I, I mentioned something, and you're going to hell. And this little girl went around quoting, and you're going to hell. She wasn't but about two or three years old at the time. <laughs> so I believe she told her daddy that or somebody. And you're going to hell. Well, <laughs> the kids are smart. Look at that right there. She says, her and Saul, you're so smart. Mine is really smart when it comes to PayPal. <laughs> She's going to be a banker or something. <laughs> but some need to get the smirk off their face. Because hell ain't no joke. Did you hear me? Hell ain't no joke. See, what I got on the sign out here is what the Lord told me to put out here. For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Understand, for the sin, of the, the sin, the pleasure of this world, there's always a, there's a price. For them, these that are looking for the appetite, their sensual appetite, who are nothing more than belly worshipers and who are focused on the things of this world, who reject Jesus Christ for the things of this world, I'm going to tell you, he won't stop you from going there, doing what you want to do. But there's, let me tell you, he can convict you, but you've got to make the effort to get up and get out and ask him to forgive you. Even conviction. I've seen people walk out under conviction. Amen. I've seen them move out when the Lord would give a message, this is your last time to reject it. It's scary to think people's got a smirk, but let me tell you, sin has the price to pay. They hold these signs up. It says going to hell and proud of it. They have no idea what they're saying right there. We're going, I've seen them hold the signs up, seen the pictures that says, we're going to hell and we're proud of it. Really, you have no idea what you're saying. I promise you, everyone in hell would want to get out of there today if they could. But there's a price to pay for sin. It says a wage, that means you're going to earn what you ask for. Wages is meant you get what you ask. Sister Marcy, you can get ready to come here in a minute. Romans 6 and 23 again. For the wages of sin is death. Means there's a price. And it's a heavy price, if you will. It is a heavy price. Something you really don't want to pay. The Bible never says there wasn't pleasure in sin. How many know the Bible never denies the pleasure of sin? But what the Bible does say, it lasts for a season. These people who worship their bellies, are in, their end result is eternal damnation. We want to smirk about hell. But I want you to know it's not a byword. 
it ain't a place to joke about. It ain't a place for you want your worst enemy to go. Did you hear me? Did you hear me? Did you hear me? Can I preach? Give me just 10 more minutes. You got time. They'll start serving dinner to 12, and I'm serving you something better than a steak. They don't believe that you don't want anyone to go there. I don't care what they've done to you. I don't care how bad they treated you. I don't care how bad they acted to you. A Christian, somebody that's supposed to be bought with the blood of Jesus, I'm getting ready to step on some toes. Anybody want their toes stepped on? Should never tell somebody, I hope you burn in that place called hell. Can I stop here for just a minute? You can't do nothing. No, they can't do nothing no worse to you than what you've done to the Savior. Did you get that? Hello. I don't care how bad they spit up on you. I've been cussed out. I've been lied on. I've been threatened. But can I tell you right now, and I guarantee you I've probably made some people mad over my time, but I don't want them to go to hell. You want me to give you a picture? Stephen being stoned. Most of us would say, Lord, burn them. Most people would have said, send them there. He didn't. He said, lay no charge to them. How many know what Jesus said? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That covered through time. A Christian should never, you hear me, a born-again Christian, you, you get what I'm telling you. I know many will go there, but I don't want to see nobody. We've lost too many already. But we should never have the attitude. Let them burn in hell. That's strong, but I'm telling you, I don't care what they've done to you. I guarantee you've done something somewhere along the way. I guarantee you, you've transgressed against one that's been sinless. He didn't say, send them to hell. He would have been justified. He would have been the only one justified to do so. He would have been justified to wipe us all out and send us there. He would have. He would have been justified. But you know what he said? He didn't have to go to the cross. Uh-uh. God could have wiped us all out. He wouldn't have had to pay the price. He wouldn't have had to have his hands be nailed. He wouldn't have had to carry that off for price and be beaten. But his love hung him there. God forgive him. I know it's hard to say sometimes. Sometimes this preacher wants to say, I need the help of God sometimes to get me to say, Father, forgive them. Don't tell me you don't either. But Lord said, Father, forgive them. I'll hang here. At any point, give me just a few more minutes. I'm on something right now. I'm on winning because I feel better. He could have called every angel in heaven, and every angel in heaven would have come down. I want you to think, 
If one angel could have wiped out 185,000 men, what would every angel in heaven would have done when they was moving him off there? He could have. So it should never say, we should never say we want them to burn in hell. I'm here to rebuke that this morning because you don't know what you're saying. All they need is a good dose of salvation. <laughs> I want you to see what a good dose of salvation will do. Persecutors of the church will become the greatest ally of the church. Those that were wicked can become the best saints they are around. Amen. Too much is forgiven. Too much more. Let me tell you, those who know what they've been forgiven of is going to worship a little bit more. They're going to love them a little bit more. Amen. What are you saying? I'm saying it should never cross our lips. Say these people are going to burn. I know there's a lot going to burn. But I also read the testimony. Listen, you hear what I'm telling you this morning. I get a magazine from Brother Swaggart. And in that testimony, there was a testimony of the blood of Jesus. This will be my last point. She can start playing. There was a homosexual that wrote in and said, For years, I was bound on homosexuality and transgenderism. I can't give you how the story goes all the way, but it says I was on my deathbed. But I got saved and I was delivered. I said delivered. I said delivered. I said delivered from bondage. They was up to die. They was up to die. This email come in. And they placed it in this book. I was dying with AIDS, HIV, you name it. It was he was this person was in full blown AIDS. Doctor said it's over. But once the bondage of sin was broken, guess who touched him? That was over years ago. They ain't on the deathbed and ain't no trace of age right now. You believe that? Yes, I do. Because I know the power of Jesus Christ. I know what Christ can do. Amen. Everyone standing in here. I know what Christ can do. Listen. He's going to change these vile bodies. It may be fashion like his her conversation should be in heaven. I want to give you this altar call like this. Lord Hammer, where are you standing at? I want you to search your life. And I also want you to think about those who are drawing away from Christ this morning. I want you to think about those who ain't where they need to be with it this morning. I want you to think about those who you know that's on their way to hell, but you, you can, they can't get to Jesus this morning, but you can get them there. Did you hear me? You can get them there. I want you to think about those belly worshipers you know this morning, and I want you to place them before Jesus because you don't want them to go to hell. Did you hear me? I don't care if you got to make them mad. I don't care if you make them sad. I don't care if they have to be crushed. God, I'd rather walk through them See him walk through here, man, to enter into hell hole. How many know Jesus said it would be better to walk through this life, man, to enter into hell hole? 
This is temporary, but eternity is forever. Who knows somebody? Or you in that condition? I'm telling you, this is the morning to get them to Jesus. Only God can deliver them from the belly worship. Only God can break the bondage of sin and the chains of sin. Only God can do that. Only the power of Christ can set one free. Get that burden. Heaven is real. Hell is real. Don't have the attitude, I'm going to sit back and just let them go to hell. If they go there, they're going to have to go over me praying for them. If they go there, they're going to have to go over me interceding for them. They go there, they're going to have to go knowing I didn't want them to go there. I'm going to make it difficult. I'm going to make it difficult. I'm telling you, it's a reality this morning. It ain't a joke. Their end result of belly worshiping is eternal damnation. Jesus is saying, get them to me. Get them to me. Bring them to me. I'm their only hope. I don't care how deep in the bondage they sin they are. There's only one unpardonable sin, and that's blaspheming the Holy Ghost. They can be deep in sin, bound by drugs, bound by alcohol, bound by perversion, bound by things. But he said, let me break the chains. I'll break the chains in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.